Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, as we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, coming in with a new episode, guys, from Six Pack Discussions. Again, Jared and Cody here, as always, um, drinking Stone Delicious IPA. Um, I don't know if we've ever had this before. At least I don't think I've ever had it um, from memory. But, I don't uh, think so, man. But like, like I said last episode, it's getting hard. I know, right? Sometimes we go down the beer aisle, we're like, oh, I've had hard. that, had yeah. that, had that. Um, Jared, what are we talking about today, man? Today we're going to be talking about recycling. Um, you know, admittedly, prior to us recording, Cody and I both said, we threw this on at the very early stages of six-pack discussions. And uh, we didn't think it was going to be that intriguing, that interesting. We didn't really think much of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are a few articles here and there, right? Um, I think it probably last was notably in the news is whenever China disallowed us to start stop sending our recyclables to them, essentially. So Why would they do that, right? We'll get into it. Yeah. And, you know, I, from when you said, why did we throw this on in the beginning stages, and it actually kind of heard my memory up. I put this on when I moved into this house. So when I moved into this new house, I noticed that Gilbert. Gilbert recycling is much different than Chandler recycling. And I was like, why should that matter? So I looked it all up and, um, you know, every city of course has their own recycling rules. Gilbert is extremely strict what they'll take in their recycle bin because what they pretty much said is we're not going to put the labor into recycling essentially what we're going to talk about trash, Mm -hmm. um, because it's just not worth it for our time. And so Gilbert has like, do not put paper in our thing. Don't put like, if it's not metal or a very specific type of plastic and, and cardboard boxes, we don't care. Well, it's actually really funny that you bring that up, not only from you know the move, the very short move. And guys, just to put in reference how far Cody moved, 10 minutes? Five miles, six miles? Yeah. Yeah, not far. Maybe 10 minutes. And that's actually probably one of the, the leading, not leading indicators, but leading problems, I would say, is the sheer inconsistencies in recycling practices, not only from state to state, but you know, as, city as you were just city. saying, city to city. City to city. Um, so one of the things I wanted to bring up is just get on, get a, a bare baseline of what is recycled. Because I think that is, I think, fairly well known. But even in our household, you know, I kind of look at items and I'm like, is this recyclable or not? Um, I didn't realize the best and the easiest thing to recycle is metal. So recycling metal is still the easiest thing for Americans to do. Think of your soup cans. Think of, um, I don't know, what else comes in metal? I guess tuna cans. Aluminum foil? I don't think aluminum foil is recyclable, is it? Maybe because of the grease? Yeah. 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 But Um, just cans in general. Aluminum cans, beer cans? Yeah, beer cans. um, uh, I'm guessing Coke cans. No, I think it has to be beer. (laughs) So just cans in general, metal is the easiest thing for people to recycle because it has a pretty good cost point. Like it's kind of expensive still. So that's so nice. Desirable. And then second thing is, is that there's not a lot of processing of it. All you do is just melt it down and you get to the required, the required ingredient for the future product. Mm-hmm. So that's easy. I don't think there's a lot of conversation around, you know, recycling plastic. It seems to still be a, a profitable enterprise. Well, it's actually really interesting. So, you know, what you were talking about earlier, as far as, you know, the, the aluminums of the world, you know, yeah. the cardboards and yep. plastics, you know, those are all independently recyclable. But, you know, one of the one of the articles that I was reading, and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact source here, but <clears throat> they were talking about, they kept on referencing a Pringles can. 
Oh yeah, how hard that is. Yeah, and it's really interesting because you know the the lid plastic, you know the exterior of the can cardboard, and then the inside of the can is that aluminum Metal. foil that's glued to the cardboard. So apparently that it's is trash. Just, yeah, it's just a, the royal pain in the ass. All three independently. Yep. Are recyclable, but together. And I think, and this is one of the things we're going to get into. A lot of companies will will get the the golden star of recyclability, which is that little triangle. If they can get that stamp on their product, apparently it creates kind of a consumer goodwill. Like, oh wow, they've really done the right thing to package this in a recyclable component. But unfortunately, how they add other materials to it, to your point, make it so that it's not actually recyclable. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? No, no, I, I think I think it's interesting. Um, it, it, do you think the ownership is on the producers of the goods or the consumers? Because I put it on both. You have to give fifty one forty nine. Consumer, really? Okay, and and that's the whole consumerism. The sheer fact that we're well, just consuming so much. Or I look at our household, <clears throat> right? And every time we go to Costco, I am blown away with people that are buying water bottles. Like the actual, you know, single use, you know, 1.5 liter or whatever it is. I do not, we've never bought a case of that unless we're going on like a camping trip. Like, I think that's like one of those things that you you buy for like a vacation or a car trip so that you have water in your vehicle Mm -hmm. because you, you know, don't want to buy a gas station water bottle every time you're going anywhere. I have never bought a case of water and put it in my house for personal drinking. And that right there tells me that consumers prefer it because it's convenient versus mm-hmm. using water out of their refrigerator or mm-hmm. out of the sink. Um, we don't live in a country where the water is contaminated. Like you can drink the water straight out of your hose here. It's not preferred, but it's not dangerous. Deadly, yeah. Exactly. No, valid point. A valid point. What about I, you? Where are you on the 4951? So I, I too uh, do think it's a little bit of shades of gray on both. I, I would have to probably give it as, as to consumers as well. Predominantly Americans. Um, it, it's really interesting, you know, how that little blue bin almost just alleviates us of guilt, right? Dude, I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, you know how many people I've run into? Because they got to kind of get mad at me that I don't recycle as much as I, I do. Because I've always kind of thought the recycling thing is a little bit of a scam almost. Like, I don't think they actually, and we're going to talk about how much it is. But I've always like, there's no way they are doing this right. And I, so I'm not, I'm not a really good recycler unless it's metal. Or unless it's like a big jug of uh, like laundry detergent mm-hmm. or cardboard, I recycle all carb, all core, all cardboard, all metal cans. But plastics, I've never recycled uh, unless it's like a laundry detergent, like yeah. big thing. Um, and so we have we've always had neighbors, and I always look at the recycle bins, and they're like overflowing with stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. like. Man, they use a lot of like stuff. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying because that little blue bin alleviates me from guilt. You know, it's no different than how it's almost like the goodwill effect, uh, the uh, goodwill or Salvation Army. You know, you got twenty, you got off. twenty T-shirts that you've either had from conferences <laughs> and stuff like that that you'll never wear. They're crappy quality, but if you throw them away, you feel bad. Uh, but if you donate them, you feel good. So if you recycle them, hey, I, I'm actually doing my part. You don't actually get to the root cause. Like, hey, maybe you should actually look a little bit inward and maybe stop consuming it. so much or maybe just try to reuse it mm. rather than try to recycle it just to cut down on your footprint. But that guilt-free consumerism is kind of interesting. That blue bin is like a, a free pass for Americans. Yep. You see you see the chasing arrows on anything? Oh, cool. I'm doing my part. 
I love that you bring that up. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I mentioned metal. <laughs> the next thing, uh, glass. Oh my gosh, I didn't know how gl- easy glass is to recycle. So, I don't recycle glass. I don't think, and we don't use a lot of glass products. So it's it's funny that you mentioned the glass thing because what was it? And I think in the, I want to say in the fifties or sixties, Coca Cola was probably the leading voice behind this this whole litter bug movement. You know, with the crying Indian, mm-hmm. a whole I, I believe what is it? Uh, Make America beautiful. Yeah. So Coca-Cola was actually on the leading uh, forefront of this because they were obviously producing glass bottles. And then essentially what you would do is you would get a sick pack and then you would Return do a back. little exchange. And then yeah. they would do the cleaning process and, and um, you know replenish the Coke. But then that was incredibly expensive, not only from a logistics, a shipping, uh, the whole logistics cycle of it. Yeah, in 1976, I think, they switched to plastic bottles. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was just being flooded, you know, overfilling landfills and, you know, people were just throwing them everywhere. And it's like, oh, it, it's not Coke's fault. And, you know, there was probably about 20 companies behind this. Yeah. Coke is just the most notable one. No, no, no. It's, it's all you litter bugs. It was actually this group of 20. I heard about that. With the Make America Beautiful Again. Yeah. Or, and they put it on like garbage cans and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Now, I do think like, <laughs> this is something that bothers me. And I've always been, you know, my family's been fairly outdoorsy. We go out off-roading a lot. We go on the desert a lot, forest a lot. And, you know, my parents, or my dad mainly, has always been a very big, like, hey, you know, you don't leave any trace. You don't leave trash behind. No. And and we'd even pick up trash when we go out and about. And so I was always brought up that way. And it was probably a lot of, when he was growing up, this this marketing was there, which is good, right? It's not bad that there's marketing out there to say don't litter. But it's uh, it's one of those things that I don't think it's a company's fault if you decide to just drop something on the ground, whether it's whether it's a disposable item that's made out of plastic or a mattress that's both trash. Well, well that was almost the move. Is whenever plastics really started being explored and, and and innovated, at least, then all of a sudden they realize like, oh shit, if I make this. A disposable boom. I just got a recurring revenue stream. I heard. I heard some guy on stage when during a conference. He said, "Your way to profits will be the garbage truck. Uh, garbage truck. What and what that means really is is that hey guys, you're selling goods that can be reused. If you can sell goods that can be repurchased, think of a paper plate. Instead of selling one ceramic plate." sell hundreds of paper plates throughout the year to the same consumer and you'll make 10 times the profit, right? Um, And so when he said that, I was like, ooh. So there is some corporation responsibility there. That's why I don't think it's a clear cut. Yeah. Oh, damn you consumer or damn you big. Now, how about this? The consumer still has the choice to buy. Agreed. Right, like you will go into our kitchen, you won't find any paper plates. Plastic plates, styrofoam plates. We just don't buy them. The only time we buy those is for like a big party. When we just don't have enough plates to satisfy 50 right. people. But how convenient is it to just, you know, eat your meal on a paper plate, no dishes, just throw oh, it yeah. all away? I remember growing up and my dad would, he's like, oh, let's just do paper plates, guys. I don't want to do dishes tonight because mom's not home. Mm-hmm. And we would do that. But I've kind of made it a thing. And it's funny because sometimes we'll go to my parents' house or my parents will come over and they're like, oh, just do the paper plates. I'm like, we don't do that here. We don't have paper plates. Like, we won't buy them. The only time we'll have them is for parties, for parties right? Because we have 50 people, and I have 10 plates. Like, <laughs> doesn't work. Just eating shifts. Yeah, yeah. Right, shift one. Hell, I've done it with bowls. Bowls, literally, we only have, we, I don't, I won't buy, you know, styrofoam bowls. Yeah. I think it's horrible. And so, I've, when we've done soup and stuff, I'm like, hey, guys, 
you only get 10 bowls. So when you're done, clean it up and give it to the next person. I've done that actually at a party. Um, But uh, funny though, the whole paper plate thing, the plastic fork thing, the all that stuff. So I've always thought it's really like wasteful. It's so wasteful. What about the water bottle thing? Have you guys ever talked about that? You and Brittany, when you guys go to like Costco and see the people using this? Yeah. So, so first of all, so those waters are incredibly cheap. I would say, you know, just telling on ourselves here, I would say we probably buy a case of those a quarter. Okay. Because so, so, so so Brit, predominantly Brit, she has this little, you know, glass water bottle that she'll refill and that'll be kind of thing. But let's say, you know, there are times where you're just craving a ice cold water and you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, I would say it probably lasts us a good three or four months. Okay. But a case. So you guys do that, um, which that's probably, I, I know guys that buy it every week. Yeah. No, that, that I would say is on the opposite of the stream. So yeah. I think, I think you're on one spectrum to, you yeah. have like an embargo against it. And then you have people that that's their daily water consumption is those water bottles. Yeah. And I would say we're probably 25% on, no, 75% on your side and then 25%. Yeah. And like we went out out of town this last weekend. And so while we were heading up to Flagstaff to a little bit cooler weather, we stopped at a gas station and I bought a you know, 12 pack of water bottles mm-hmm. because I was like, we're going to go to a place that doesn't have running water or anything like that. Like we're just going to need water. And Anna, you know, freaks out if she doesn't have water. I'd go three days without water, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm not going to drink water. She freaks out at me sometimes. I brought, I brought beer. I'm good. No, I'm just joking. But <laughs> I don't think you're kidding. <laughs> it's water. It's just watered down. No. Um, but, uh, that would be that would be one case. Like I have two water bottles from that case that are in my fridge right now, and they'll stay in there probably for a while because Anna won't touch it. Probably till our next trip. I have uh, five water bottles in my truck in like a, a five gallon bucket, probably from six months ago. I'm not taking them out. I'm like until I go on another trip. So yeah, I am probably on the opposite spectrum of it. Um, and it's not like I just think it's wasteful. Wasteful. No, and I agree, but it, it's so funny how yeah. I can easily absolve myself from this this feeling of guilt and this feeling of waste because I'm not throwing it away, Cody. You don't get it. I'm not throwing it away. I'm recycling. It's funny because you look at me and you say, oh, you're on the extreme, but guess what I'll do with that recycle, that, that bottle? I'll throw it in the trash. So I may be on the extreme of not purchasing it, but I'm not on the extreme of recycling things. Well, then later on in this episode, we're going to go about like- Does it really matter? Is that necessarily wrong? I know. Is that wrong to do? That's why I've always kind of had like, I always think, I've always kind of thought the recycling thing is a little bit of like a myth almost or like a, like a hoax. We're going to find out. Now, one thing that I want to note to the consumer or our listeners, I'm sorry, that I think is very interesting that you do. And admittedly, the shame on me because I've known you've done this for, I think this came up in conversation a couple years ago. Plastic bags. Yeah. I'm oh. really pissed that I, because I think it's a great idea. I think it's really cool that you do that. But I'm a lazy bum, and I haven't bought the permanent bags yet because we waste so many bags. Now, granted, you know we we take it to our local grocery store and we recycle our bags yeah. for what that's worth. Now, again, now you know, recycled bags can't be recycled. Who yeah, but the they fuck have, knew? They have that little plastic bin in there that says plastic bags only, so it makes me feel good, man. I know, and and it feels like they're getting recycled. But guys, we're gonna find out here when we talk about you know some of the you know facts of the industry. There are some plastics that are not recyclable at all. Out of the seven different recyclable, in quotations, plastics that you have in America, two can actually be repurposed and recycled. And the seven, you're talking about the little number inside the chasing arrows. Exactly. So you look at one and two, I think one and two are the ones that you can reuse. So PET is the best one. That's going to be the water bottles, the caps, um, 
you know, most pill bottles, it's going to be kind of that harder plastic um, and usually uh, liquids will be able to go into them. And then number two is your laundry detergents, uh, more of like your larger container plastics. Uh, think of like a cat litter, uh, laundry detergents, bleach bottles, things like that. That's number two. Everything else, food containers, uh, everything else is not recyclable whatsoever. Plastics, uh, plastic bags. And what Jared is referencing, one of the, and it's funny, um, you know, I mentioned, you said it was like, I kind of have hoarded, not hoarded on you. I've been on you about it. I'm like, hey, dude, just yeah, bring no, some bags. You're, you're dead right. Yeah. I, like I said, I have no one to blame but my own laziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the common thing across America. Yeah, yeah but that's wrong. It is. It is such an easy lift. The barrier to doing right is literally just the process of buying these damn bags. And I'm so pissed at myself. It's been two years. Yeah. Here's a funny thing. So ever since ah, we started yeah. using the uh, reusable bags, and we use the bags that are like structured in like a rectangle shape. Mm -hmm. So they, they have like hard sides. So like cardboard with covered with like a burlap. We use them 99% of the time. The only time I don't use them is like, oh, got to, you know, I'm coming home from work. Got to grab a set of eggs. I'll actually do everything possible to just carry them out to my car. Like, that's how much I don't want to use a plastic bag. Um, and it's, it's not like I'm trying to save, like, it's not from a, a point of trying to save the world or save the earth. I think some people want to pretend like that's what they're trying to do. I just don't like to throw away plastic bags or even have, like, the inconvenience of throwing them away. Dude, I'm sorry if this isn't at the, at the forefront of your mind, but you told me a story. This is, uh, this was whenever you told me that you use the reusable bags. You're at a grocery store and some person in front of you was like trying to guilt you. Maybe you were wearing like a politically charged t-shirt or something. And then all of a sudden you put your reusable bags. Do you know what story I'm talking about? 100%. So you, you got to share it, man. Cause this is, yeah, this is, this is like the epitome of hypocrisy, uh, in, in America, right? When, when I'm at the grocery store and I was wearing some type of shirt, I think it probably would have been like a, a firearms or, or, or military. I think it probably had a flag on it. And maybe like some of the things were maybe in bullets or something like that. So it was something about like, hey, guns or something like that. Um, okay. So the lady in front of me, she was kind of a little bit older. She was 50s, maybe 60s. She said, hey, you know, you're kind of in a public space. You probably shouldn't be wearing things like that. And I was like, well, you're buying a lot of groceries and you're probably killing a lot of animals with those plastic bags. And I was like, try using reusable bags. I've been doing this for five years and it's way easier. And she just turns and walks away. And so she assumed something because of my t-shirt, but you doesn't know anything, doesn't know anything about me. And she wanted to feel like she was coming from a place of righteousness, that she was going to make a difference. And I might be butchering it a little bit, but it was, she, she essentially started a conversation to make me feel inferior, mm -hmm. right? Like I was doing something wrong, but she was actually doing an action that was wrong. She was actually affecting the environment in a bad way. And like I said, it's not like I am doing it from a place of, oh, I want to feel good. I think it's purely more convenient, way more convenient, uh, which is weird because the idea of plastic bags sounds convenient. I bring three bags to the grocery store, uh, the, the, the reusable ones. I put them in my shopping cart. I organize them as I shop, meats, uh, boxed items, you know, like pasta, mm -hmm. vegetables, and fruits. So right away, I'm already more organized because when I get home, they're already ready to go into the fridge, into my fruit basket, into my cupboard. 
So I'm already kind of winning there. Did you get those on Amazon or at the grocery store or what? No, I bought these all at the grocery store. Now, they don't sell those exact ones anymore. I was going to say, because I, 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 I got to stop being a bum. I know. So, so wrong. I think Costco has a really cool solution for this. I think they do sell them. Um, but I have so many of them now that I'm like, I'm not going to buy. I have like 10 of them. Because I would actually go to the grocery store, forget them, and buy more. I'm not joking. They were so cheap. It was like a dollar. So mad at myself. So I would buy more. I'm like, oh, I'm not buying a, I'm not buying a plastic bag. I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting a free plastic bag. And so I would just go over to the stand, buy more plastic or reusable ones. And so I have like 10, 12 of them. I only use three ever at a time, but it's nice because I can keep them in my vehicle, keep them in my wife's vehicle. Um, now here's the funny thing. You know how many cashiers have gotten mad at me and made rude comments about how I bag my fruit and vegetables? Probably six out of 10 times. Still to this day. And my wife gets a little nervous about it because she's like, oh God, they're going to make a comment. Like it gets almost every other time, if not more. Can, can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah. So what happens, and it is a little more inconvenient, but I think everybody should be doing this. So with my fruits and vegetables, what most people do is they bag in those like cellophane, you know, little plastic bags. Yep. You know, you know, you go through the fruit and vegetable area in a grocery store and you take your your five lemons and you put them in a bag. Yep. You take your, you know, uh, two avocados. Yep. Yeah, you put them in a bag. I don't do that. I put them all loose in my uh, reusable bag. So the cashier has to take every item out, scan it, and then put it either on the conveyor belt, which, you know, some people might think is kind of gross to put like, you know, a, a head of lettuce, you know, without wrapping on it, uh, cilantro without any type of plastic bag, like, Oh, it's touching the conveyor belt with hundreds of other people's stuff. I'm like, okay, guys, this grew out in the middle of nowhere. It has cow manure on it. it you know, like how many hands have touched it between you know, the field to, I don't care about that now. My wife does. So what I started doing is I'll bring an extra reusable bag. And as they scan it, I'll just have them put it right into the other bag. So all they're doing is, is doing the same thing. They're just taking it out of the one bag, weighing it, scanning it, putting it in my other bag. So then it doesn't go in the conveyor belts. So I've gotten around that, but they always say, no bags, huh? Um, do you want me to take every one of these out of the bag? Yeah. How else are you going to scan them? Okay, I just, this, is, this isn't normal. So there's kind of like this... Guilt almost? Yeah. Because And really, guys, just to give you an idea of what's happening here is I'll have a, a, a bag full of, let's say five to six pounds of fruits and veggies. So a good amount. Filled to the top, a 12-inch bag. And uh, they'll have to kind of sort through it and find the three cucumbers. Now, that's much more inconvenient for a cashier to find the three cucumbers, pull them out individually, and put them on the scale versus just having a bag of cucumbers, putting it on the scale. So it's funny because there is definitely a, a, a negative connotation to it. I don't know if that's that helps you out a little bit. No, no, it, it does. <clears throat> it does. So, uh, want to do the beer? Shoot, yeah. <clears throat> All right, so guys, as Cody uh, introduced this, this is a really interesting beer. So it's it's a very subtle. I, I think the stone logo is like almost like a satanic looking creature in the background, right? Yeah, I think I think you could say it's like a skull. Yeah, I would say it's pretty satanic. Yeah. Um. So it's it's actually very subtle because it's a it's actually a, really a gargoyle. That's what they say on the can, on the box. Oh, oh shit. I'm sorry. Um, 
it's a little gargoyle and white. So it's, it's incredibly hard to see. Actually, I didn't see it at first. And then kind of this lime green can. It's called Delicious IPA. I believe the box has something effective, you know, uh, an IPA that's going to live up to its name, right? That's uh, why I got it. Yeah. Um, it says gargoyles are historically known as protectors against evil spirits. So actually the exact opposite of what you were thinking it was. Well, I didn't know that personally. Since the beginning, our stone gargoyle, gargoyle has represented our ceaseless quest to create the most awesome beers imaginable. Think of a gargoyle as a big friend that gets your, that's got your back. Ever vigilant, ever watchful, and ever your humble servant. Interesting. Because it, it's... I didn't know gargoyles were kind of for that, but you know what? They would use gargoyles in French and I think English churches around the perimeters to protect the church. I didn't know that. That makes sense. Did you know this beer's vegan? This is a vegan-friendly beer. Vegan beer. <laughs> what the? <sighs> I quit sometimes, man. What are you thinking for a score on this? This is a 7.7 alcohol per volume. Um, it's definitely a little higher end. It's not, it's, I, I would say it's like a standard IPA. IPA yeah. yeah. IPA plus probably it's yeah. a little high for an IPA. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, I think it's a, a little, little ballsy. If you're going to name something delicious IPA, you, be, you better come swinging, right? I think it's fine. I'm going three, eight, three, eight. I think it's pretty good. Wow. Okay. That is pretty high, especially for you. I was going probably three, five. I think I think it's nice, but if you're gonna have the balls to name something delicious IPA, I'm expecting fours. Fours are better. Yeah, I think it's good actually as an IPA. Like I, I drink this, and you know what? I think the lime colored green kind of makes me feel like it's gonna be better. Like it just, yeah, it's somehow the coloring of this can and packaging. It's doing something marketing wise to me. Like my brain, I could tell. Like, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Hmm. Talking about recycling, blue can, that's doing that right now for me, the green can. Okay. Dude, you know, we didn't, we went through a lot of our personal experiences with recycling. We did. Um, we did. I want to go through a couple of a couple crazy of, stats. Give me a couple data points. We'll talk um, about them. And then we'll talk about them, and then we'll get into some ideas on how to fix this. So let's start with some of the negative stuff here. 60% of all consumer plastic is burned in the U.S., so they shred it. Horrible for the ozone too. <laughs> they shred it. And guys, what is plastic made out of, Jared? Oil. Oil? Oil. Fossil fossil fuels. <laughs> so yes, you may be recycling that plastic bottle. You may be recycling, you know, something that's made out of plastic. Um, you know, and, and then you might have a Prius or some type of electric vehicle in your driveway. But unfortunately, if you're using plastic at all, 60% of it is going to be burnt. So right then and there, you're kind of Again, it's a challenge to say that recycling is good if it's going to be burned, right? Um, and that's sixty percent of recycled consumer plastic. I mean, I mean, think about what that's doing to the atmosphere. Crazy burning oil. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny is this is a big issue. I think I think they just passed a federal uh, uh, law to provide additional funding to military veterans from Iraq for the, the burning the burn pits, pits yeah. which is mostly plastic items. So they had these burning pits that they would burn all their plastic in, just like what we do here, essentially. And those guys all are having some severe lung and cardiovascular issues that are affecting them. And, and also, I think, neurological, like uh, nerve damage. 
because of the plastic. I haven't heard about the nerve damage. Yeah. Okay. So, crazy. Who is the number one country, uh, what they would call, what the UN calls a recycling world champion? You know what country? Ooh, I didn't come across this, no. Germany. Germany is fantastic at it. Yet, only 16% of their consumer products made out of plastic are actually recycled. 16% makes you the world champion. And here's the issue. Yes, they recycle a lot. Their individuals do. So when you if you go through a, a Germany household, their recycle bin is going to have a lot more than their trash bin. But here's the issue. How many of those items can actually be recycled? 16%. So the issue is, to your point, you feel good. You're the recycling world champion. Yet is it actually doing something? So here's here's kind of maybe some sixteen percent gets you number one. Yeah, um, here is where we get to the reasons why. Well, why only sixteen percent? Why only some of your items? Why do you guys keep on alluding to that your your blue bin, you know, doesn't actually get recycled? Well, those items are extremely expensive to recycle, uh, mostly due to labor. And so for the last twenty years. Who have we used other than, uh, up until 2018, really, when they changed their rules? Who have we used to essentially be our dirty, recyclable person? China. China. So what we've done for all of our listeners, guys, we have sent all of our recycling pretty much um, to China, and we said, hey, guys, take care of this for us. Now we've started diverting it to Malaysia. Malaysia, Vietnam, yeah. and Indonesia, right? But Malaysia is kind of the big one. So what... What America's done is it says, hey, guys, our regulations don't allow for us to recycle these plastics. There's no way for us to do this in an economic fashion for where it makes sense, meaning that it will either harm the environment, it will cost too much money, or you can't pay people the correct amount to do it for it to be economical. And the recycling people said, well, hey, guys, we have to do this. So... Let's just send it to China. For the last 20 years, China's labor has been very cheap. And so they've literally been hand recycling a lot of these items. So they'll, you know, they'll get a bin full. Imagine your, your blue bin. Mm -hmm. Got cans in it. It's got the plastic in it. We'll normally pull out all of the metal and then all of the plastics, plastic bags, plastic containers, all that stuff will go into the going to China shipping container. Then China will get it. It'll just go into a big pile. And then they will pay, you know, people you know, pennies on the dollar to go through this big pile of trash and pick out the higher profitable items and then sort them red, blue, green coloring because the dyes matter as well. Now, recently, China has become kind of a world power and they have now their own landfill and recycling issue. So they said, guys, we don't need your trash anymore. How much of that recycling stuff would actually end up as recycled items? Did you see this number? Uh, wasn't it less than 10? Uh, let's see. Maybe I have the number here. That was less than 10%. We know 60% of it's already burned, right? Um, and the reason we can't do it here, China has to do it for us, mm. is because regulations. Regula regulations. But we don't also allow the, for it. the high cost of, yeah. of labor it um, just makes it not profitable. I thought I Man, had... maybe I'm, Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was less than 10. It might be... I, I just remember the stat like blew my freaking mind. It's 30%. 30% of 
So 30% of all recycled items will actually be reusable. Um, 70% of it will end up in waterways, landfills, and wherever China can find room, or Malaysia now. And so when you see those rivers that are just filled with trash. Or what about the, the freaking islands that are just kind of, or I'm using the term loosely there from like a geographical sense, but like just the accumulation of, of trash and debris that have formed islands that are just floating in the ocean. It's horrible, man. It makes me, it makes me kind of sick. Like it makes me a little upset. Like there's plenty of things we throw away that I know are in the ocean that are no, I know that are riverways. And what America has done is we've essentially said, this is not our problem. Figure it out. Someone else. We said from a consumer standpoint or manufacturer, we'll say, Hey, this is more convenient. It's a little bit lower cost. We want to of course be the lowest cost guy because if we don't do it, someone else will. Right. If, if Coca-Cola uses glass bottles, their bottle will be a dollar more than Pepsi. So people will move from Coca-Cola to Pepsi. Right, guys? So this is, unfortunately, the challenge. It's not like you can say, oh, Coca-Cola, you should be using glass. Well, Pepsi, Pepsi doesn't, they'll lose sales. So you know what's interesting about that, though, man? Is because what you just described is the elasticity of a product, right? Uh-huh. So as the substitute from a Coca-Cola would be a Pepsi, and let's say Coca-Cola wants to make you know their bottles out of pla- I'm sorry, out of uh, transition from plastic into glass, but Pepsi doesn't. Pepsi will inevitably be no the way. lower cost provider. So it's almost like capitalism of what we've been able to benefit so greatly for. And the most minute. I mean, dude, what episode is this? Sixty probably. Mm-hmm. And yes, you know it's it's getting a little harder, but we still got plenty of beer to choose from. Yeah. Because there's so many different options out there, so that's why every item has to be hypersensitive to their price point. But I don't, I don't think the Coca-Cola and Pepsis are very sensitive about They just like those two. No, no, but if one of them does oh, it and the other doesn't, so you're dependent, right? All of a sudden, Pepsi and Coca-Cola, they're like, oh, you guys, we're going to both take the high road. Dr. Pepper now. They'll become R- the- RC. They'll become the biggest ones because they're still in plastic because they're yeah. a dollar cheaper. Yeah. Okay, so that that's an issue. Well, how about, you know, I'm not going to put it on them. Because that, that's challenging to say, oh, you're now have to do it because someone will come into the market that won't do it. Okay, well, who's buying the product? Because if the consumer says, you know what, guys, I'm only going to buy stuff in glass or in metal. Like, whoever comes out with a glass bottle, like, there are water bottles now that are glass. Yeah. Right? And aluminum. Exactly. So I'm only going to buy those items. And so if everybody said, yeah, I'm going to do that and I'm going to pay an extra 50 cents or an extra dollar. Now, some people may say, I don't want to do that. Okay, well, those are the people that, and then the problem is, is who are those people? That's going to be probably middle to lower income that are going to say, I'm going to base my my purchase more of an RC can versus a Coca-Cola based on price. So now we're faulting people that don't have the money to pay on it. I'm like, I don't want to do that either. You know, I get that, man, but, you know, we've talked in a lot of these episodes as far as distinguishing between necessities and niceties. And I think, hold on, how do I want to phrase this? I'm not trying to piss everyone off. <laughs> um, the facts are Coca-Cola, Pepsi, you know, Dr. Pepper, you know, these these addict-level drinks and Mountain Dews of the world that people, I mean, heck, I know you can name, you know, three or four people in your office, and I can name three or four in mine 
that you always see them with a monster, with a Mountain Dew, with, with something like that, right? Um, hold on, hold on, I lost my train of thought, hold on. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden, let's say you transition and, you know, they, it's a nice feel-good story and all of those companies decide to, to rally together and say, hey, all of us together, we're going to start making our bottles out of blast, uh, I'm sorry, less plastic and more glass bottles, right? Hey, cool, you're doing, you're doing your part for the environment again. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, let's say a recession hits, money gets cut. Right now, people can, you know, beg, borrow, and steal enough for that 50 cents for a can of Coke. To whereas maybe they not, may not be able to repeatedly scrounge up another fifty a day for a, can of Coke, for a can of Coke. So I think by them having it at such a low cost point, they're able to almost make it recession-proof because, again, people think they need it. Real quick, just for me, for knowledge, because we're not, we're not soda drinkers in our household, and, and I don't think you guys are either, Never. but maybe, maybe you know this answer that I don't. Why do people buy the bottles of Coke versus the cans of Coke? Probably greater volume, is it? If I had to guess, why don't you just put a bigger? Like they have the pints of beer. Um, that's probably like a, a shipping or logistics thing. I, I don't know, man. I've never done any any. I'm just wondering, like, for a can of Coke, it's a can, a, a can is pretty cheap for uh, from a Coke, and I don't think the bottle is much cheaper. Well, of think Coke. about well, think about the infrastructure that's in place, man. With um, you know, all of the can vending machines that you see. Maybe they just have to conform to the mechanism in which it supplies it to its consumers. No, no, I'm right? saying why not? Like, so when you go to a gas station yep. and you want to buy a, a can of Coke, they don't really have cans in the. Very rarely do they. Do you buy a can? It's usually a bottle or a foundry. Yeah, but but then you go to a grocery store and you can buy a 12 pack of cans, mm-hmm. right? That's weird. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just wondering: is there like a a taste difference? Do people like the in the bottle more for some reason? Like, just buy the like the can is better. Right for the for the environment, it must cost a little bit more money. But even like the a liter or two liter is that what a bigger thing? Like what do people? Yeah, yeah the two liter. That's what people buy for their yeah. houses. Like you'll get like a two liter with uh, your pizza order or something. Like yeah, that. can you buy a two liter can? Can you know? I'd be curious from a weight standpoint. Is the aluminum a little bit heavier it, than the plastic? Dude, aluminum's light. It's let's just say it's pretty dang close because I didn't notice, and I'm gonna get into the glass conversation because glass is interesting. Um, it's the way to kind of like guys, we used to do this and we didn't have any waste mm-hmm. with glass, like everybody just swapped, swapped out their glass, it was a good deal. But the problem is, is that trans the, the transfer cost, uh, or for sorry, shipping cost of glass is so much more than plastic. But the can thing is interesting. I'm just wondering why is it because it's not resealable? But nowadays they have beer, like Michelob Ultra has a resealable can. They ripped it off from Coors. Okay, Coors has it. So what's the situation here? Why can I not have a resealable two-liter bottle or can of Coke? You know, I'd be curious to actually ask like a Coke drinker if they prefer the taste out of a bottle. I've heard the fountain's the best. Yeah, I've heard McDonald's fountain is the best. I think it's all bullshit. I'm just not. A, I'm, dude. I would say once or twice a year, I will crave a soda. I will crave a Coca Cola, and I will crave a Dr Pepper. Mm. And it's once or twice a year. 
Yeah. We grew up with, with soda in our household, but we were not allowed to drink it like my parents were. <laughs> like my mom would do Diet Coke. My dad would do Dr. Pepper. Kids weren't allowed to drink it. So we kind of grew up. And then I had a baseball coach. Um, and and we he uh, he said, hey, guys, you know, first couple days of practice. He's like, hey, guys, so uh, you guys fast? Because I need fast base runners. Yeah, yeah. He's like, can you guys beat me? Old man. This guy was like 55, 60. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Okay, let's go, guys. You know, it was like a 50-yard or 100-yard. How old were you? We were like 12, 13, okay. maybe. Okay, so right at that age where you're getting puberty and uh, then you, you think your yeah, shit yeah, don't yeah, stink, yeah, you can yeah. beat anyone up. Yeah. He cleared us all. Like, we all were, like, he was so far in front of us that you could see him hit the line. It wasn't like you were looking left or right. Like, he was in front of us. And he's like, you know why? I don't drink soda. That memory is stuck in my head ever since then as soda is the issue. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And of course, I'm mature now and I know that there's a lot of things that are a the issue. A lot of factors. But, but he made it a, an impact. I don't drink soda, guys. Well, because that was in middle school, right? Yeah. And Santan, obviously Cody and I went to the same middle yeah. school together. It was the cool thing to do to have like a, a can of soda with your lunch. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and he made a big deal out. He's like, I don't drink soda. I've never, I haven't drank soda in 30 years, he said. And I was like, shit. Okay. When, when's the last time you've had a soda? Outside of like a mixed cocktail or anything. <laughs> when's the last time you had a, a soda? I, I don't even have soda in my mixed cocktails if I have a cocktail. You I, never had like a Jack and Coke or anything? No, like that? no, I, I wouldn't even do that. Yeah. Um, so Anna once in a while will crave a Coke when she's pregnant. Like a Coke Coke. And I'll just take a sip out of it. Like a sip. Not like have a whole, I'm like, oh, I'll have a little sip. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. It's weight. It's very carbonated. Dude, I think. Down it. I, I, I Like I said, twice a year. If there was a Coke right here, you'd just be like, oh, man. Probably maybe. right now, because I'm I'm salivating. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so guys, back to recycling. <laughs> um, just giving you guys some background on the soda stuff. So uh, how many? How much do we export to other countries that take care of us for us? A third. Isn't that crazy? So we go like this. Hey, we put in our blue cans. One out of three homes in my neighborhood right here. One in three homes in your neighborhood. One in three year homes for our listeners' neighborhood. Your bin will go to China, not anymore. It'll go now to a South Asia country such as Malaysia, Indonesia, Taiwan, uh, probably not Taiwan, sorry, Thailand. And they will go ahead and essentially take care of it for you. And by take care of it, you mean? Here's the crazy thing. (laughs) We haven't got to this. This is the dirty secret of recycling. When we ship it to other countries, they state that they're going to recycle it. Mm -hmm. And Uh, we kind of go like this. Wink, wink. Take our shipping container. Bye. And we wave real quick because we don't want to see where it actually goes. 70% of the items in those shipping containers goes straight into landfill. Landfill. Yeah. They, They go like this. This is not worth our time. We can't take it. We're too busy. We have too much stuff or quite literally oil prices have gone too low. Yeah. So it's actually cheaper for me to just buy new or quite literally or make like, new, I guess they look at it and they're like, this is trash because Americans don't really sort their shit very well. No, it's actually really funny. Um, I was watching this interesting video. I believe it was on NPR and <laughs> they were actually interviewing like three or four different I forget their titles and I apologize, but it's something to the effect of like, you know, the director of the recycling plant, right? You know, so pretty big wig. Yeah. And across, you know, it was like four or five cities, like, you know, it was like one in 
Cleveland, one in Detroit, one in Los Angeles, one in um, like the New Hampshire area. Anyways, and what they were doing is they were actually going over all the ways, or I'm sorry, all the all the things that they've actually come across. I mean, we're talking everything from freaking deer carcass to I watched the video. Did yeah. you? Snake. Yeah, the snake. Yeah. Yeah, kitchen sink. Yeah. <laughs> kitchen sink. Yeah, we watched the same video. Hey, what the hell, right? And you know, Anna said, that's just people that are throwing away trash in their recycle bin. And I bet there are people that do that. So so uh, growing up, my dad, he would uh, volunteer at the uh, Goodwill, right? And I would... I would go there, you know, on the, on the weekends with him and we would, you know, help sort through, you know, all the different clothes. And that's where I kind of found out that we literally like bail clothes together in these big giant squares that we need a forklift ship to, it to Africa. ship it out. Yeah. But then what really, and I'm like, guys, I'm like maybe 10, 11 years old right now. And I remember like showing up in the morning with him and there would just be loads of trash like literal trash that people would donate to Goodwill. And, and that's what I, it was a really revelation. It was a real re, real revelation that I went through as I was doing this research because I'm like, oh my gosh, I justify, you know, my overconsumption of goods because I pride myself on our recycling. Yeah. Every fruit container we even drive to the grocery store just for that little special plastic bags recycling bin. I've never used that. I've never used that little thing. I, I, yeah. I think, I'm but like, it makes me feel good because hey, I know I'm not you know on the Cody Willis train like yeah. I've been talking about for the last two years, right? But hey, I recycle my plastic bags at least. Little do I know. Yeah, they go nowhere. Yeah, yeah I don't think you're going to fix the people that abuse a recycling system, like you know, put it in the trash. I don't think I don't think that's a fixable issue, right? Those are just people that are irresponsible, people that don't really care. I don't think you can Guys, we can't make everybody the same. Like that's not that's, that's not possible. Any, that's not America first. Exactly, right? We can't make everybody the same. So yeah, let's say it's 10, 20% of the population just uses a recycle bin as a trash can. Okay. That's going to happen. Okay. Bad quit. apples and everything. Exactly. That happens. But what we can try to start looking at is, is how do we make sure that if we are recycling, is it items that we can actually recycle, right? That's something that I think that's necessary because the last thing I want to be doing is exporting items to other countries for them to say, this is now our problem. I am not a person, and Jared probably can alliterate this, I am not a person to push my problems on other people, right? I am not that person. And I, I don't think America at our foundation is that kind of people. Like we're, we, we don't like to say, oh, I'm going to take my problem, trash, and say, eh, that's that person's problem now. And that's what we've been doing, you know, really with re recycling. We've been using that as an out for the last 20 to 30 years and saying, you know what? China will recycle us, wink, wink, knowing that they're really destroying all of it in their landfills, all of it in their rivers. It's almost like, what do you think about this? Maybe loose analogy. Pleading the fifth. It is. Like, I don't really remember. I don't really, can't recall. So what are you trying to do with it? I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's almost what it's like. Dude, I, I read this whole UK, I guess, investigative report. So this, this uh, Filipino, no. 
Yeah, Filipino. Calls in and says, hey guys, uh, we have a bunch of your trash here showing up in our palm field. We're so confused. It's all British labeling, all British brands, think brands that we wouldn't know. So this investigative reporter shows up. He goes into this palm, when I'm saying palm, I mean like the plants, palm trees, because they, they do like uh, palm oil. Uh, it's like one of those big plantation type places. And uh, he shows up and, you know, from a, a helicopter or whatnot, he sees this massive uh, recycling plant in the middle of this palm he interviews all the locals, and he's, they're like, no, this is a landfill. He's like, what? No, no, no. We're not allowed to recycle any of our, or, or we're not allowed to ship trash to Malaysia. It's not allowed. We, we only ship recyclable items. He's like, no. No, th- this, is, this, is a re- this is a landfill. So here's the issue. Is now there's a big lawsuit and a big issue because... The, the recycling, you know, arm of UK, you know, England, mm-hmm. was essentially, you know, packaging up these recyclable items, shipping it to Malaysia, selling it to a third party who would just ship it to their landfills. And, you know, it's kind of one of those under the radar, wink, wink, let's, you know, do the cash deal type of situations. And I, I think the whole China thing was 100% going on there too. I, I think the US-China relationship was like, hey guys, Take care of this recyclable items. We get it. Half the shit we're sending you, if not more, is probably trash. But we don't want to deal with it in our own country. And that right there is just sounds not like how we do things in America. America, we take our we care we take care of our own problems and we take care of other people's problems. We're one of the few countries that says we got our own shit covered and we'll help you out when you need it. And the trash thing is just fucking absurd. And so here's where I start kind of like, okay, how do we fix this? I'm like, okay, so let's say we stop shipping any of our recyclable items, any of our trash to other countries. Let's say that's not allowed anymore. How do we do it here? Do we say, we already know that, what, 60% I said earlier is burned? Mm-hmm. That's not allowed here. So do we burn it here? And that's how we're kind of getting away with it. We're kind of saying, oh, we don't want that air pollution here, but we're okay with it there. Mm-hmm. So do we start burning it here? <laughs> okay guys we are coming back from a break we messed up recording a little bit but uh a little bit. we will do our best um coming back from talking about how america has done kind of a rest of south you know southeast asia dirty over the last 20 30 years by literally doing them dirty by giving them trash mm-hmm. um with our recycling program Makes us as Americans, as Jared, you've alluded to perfectly, to be honest. It makes us feel good. Guilt-free. Guilt-free waste. But I'm going to say it's not a real solution. Agreed. So Agreed. I mean, as the data tells us. I mean, what we're talking, 60% ends up burned. You know, we can only really use 30%, 30% of it, right? Yeah. You know, Of the usable stuff is actually recycled, and yeah, the yeah. rest just so, goes in the landfills. So, so now as we kind of round out this third beer here, I mean, we got to start talking about real viable solutions, right? And I think that's where we are on the cusp of right before the break. And, and Cody, this is this is an entire country issue. And I think where stuff starts getting really polarizing, especially in today's political environment, is whenever it only impacts X percent. Well, if we figured out this this environmental impact that we are continually doing with each passing moment, um, 
I think you can make a reasonable argument that this is impacting all 350 million. So that's why I actually can justify real tax dollars being allocated towards this. So what I'm what I'm proposing here is I think the Coca-Cola's, the Pepsi's, the the Dr. Pepper's, the Mountain Dews of the world, I think they've done a fantastic job of innovating in a way to do right by their shareholders and act in that fiduciary responsibility to continue to increase their profit margin, which in turn obviously increases their dividend stocks, et cetera, right? So I don't think they should be penalized with this by saying, hey, Uncle Sam, um, hey, now instead of this, you know, these plastic bottles that you keep putting into our landfill, now you have to start creating them out of aluminum and glass only. Well, hey, F you, man. Like, what are you talking about? Like, no, I've, I've made a killing doing this. So why would I do that? So I think it would be the responsibility of the American people to ensure that those companies get taken care of from a profitability standpoint and almost enact some type of subsidy saying, hey, Pepsi and Coke, that's cool. You guys have done this with the plastic bottles. You've made a killing. Now I just need you to either make them out of aluminum, out of glass. I'll let you figure that out. Pepsi and Coke, I just need it to be a little bit more recyclable friendly to rather than, you know, hey, this guilt-free pleasure that we've all indulged in with those little blue plastic bins that we keep talking about, I need to actually help move the needle and us be able to actually decrease our environmental impact and imprint. Not ideal, I very rarely, for my grandiose ideal ideas and, and you know, conclusions, do I ever say, hey, it, it's taking more money out of our pocket, but I I just feel like this truly impacts every single person of all income statuses to where I think I can justify the spend. No, I, I, I like it. I, I like it. I, you know, it's not in your norm to nope. say something like this. So it must be a, almost like a passion for yours to say, Hey, trash. It, it was a passion developed by the research. Yeah. How many of those mounds of landfills did you go through? And you're just like, this is gross. Well, like we were talking about earlier, these damn islands that exist. Of just disgust and waste. I mean, oh, it's, it's sickening, man. So not ideal. Yeah. But I'm curious to see what you got, man. So you state, hey, you know what? Let's increase taxes to give the big companies a little bit more money. I know. To and not just the big guys. I'm talking. Yeah. If you are a producer of a, a plastic traditionally bottle. plastic good, yeah. I'm going to subsidize you. I being Uncle Sam, in order to produce it otherwise yeah you know the glass bottle with a metal container aluminum like that. Yeah. yeah you know me and i think in some cases we fall in the same boat and what i look at that is, is is the money moving hands too often are we giving the government the money and then they're going to pass it along and i, I think there's some pennies that get dropped along the way if you know what i mean a couple, couple taxes yeah <laughs> will get taken out and so yeah i may give let, let's just say everybody gives the government an extra ten dollars a year for the subsidy mm-hmm. you know 350 million americans everybody gives ten dollars for this we end up with 3.5 billion dollars right that's that's ten dollars per person that's a lot of money to be going to coca-cola pepsi you know uh Chibani, all these companies that produce things with plastic. Okay, cool. It gets divided up properly. Well, does $3.5 billion actually get to them? Or does their bureaucracy, is their lobbyist, is there things in between? And all of a sudden, it becomes about a billion dollars. And I think in a lot of times when the government gets involved with stuff, the money doesn't get, you know, kind of passed along at a low cost. It gets kind of passed along with some cost. And so I was trying to figure out ways to leave them out of the mix. So my first, I have a couple of crazy ideas. Okay. And then I have an idea that I think 
is kind of good. So my first crazy idea is, um, I got to look through my, my notes. What if every single large plastic company, right? People that produce a lot of their goods within plastic is responsible, responsible for the goods from cradle to grave. So they essentially say, hey, there's a barcode on there. When they sell that, they need to be responsible for the intake of that good. And if there aren't, there's some type of tax that they're you know, responsible for. So let's say I sell a, a bottle of Coke. Right now, it's $1.50 in a gas station. Well, hey, you know what? To be responsible for this bottle till the end of its life, I'm going to add another 10 cents to it. And then I'm going to ask the consumer to drop it off in one of my bins located around the city, around the town, whatever it is, and then I'll have to collect those and properly dispose of them. Now, it may sound kind of good on paper, but there's, of course, some challenges with something like that. But what it does is it creates responsibility by the the corporation to make sure that their, their plastic goods are ending up in the right spot and not just responsible for the consumer. Thoughts on that? I know it's crazy. You know, I like it, but I also want to revert back to almost how this podcast started and and you talked about, you know, the disgust. I think you, I think you used as as violent as a word as disgust for everyone that buys, you know, the plastic water bottles and the root cause that is obviously the natural convenience associated with those plastic water bottles. Right. So you mean to tell me, okay, just finished my last Coke. Now I'm supposed to drive this bottle of Coke over to this remote location, who knows how closely that is. So I guess in your in your ideal state, what is the penalty? Like, <laughs> that's cool. Throw it away. Yeah, well, now the company is responsible for it. So what happens is, is over time, if that company has seen that majority of their customers are throwing away their goods, they're losing out on money, and they will probably move to a different type of packaging that they won't be fiscally more responsible for. So all I'm doing is kind of creating a... It's like a tax with a way out, right? And so if, if, there, if, if a specific consumer group is very responsible with your goods, yeah, you can package in plastic as long as they're responsible enough to do something with it. So, you know, like, hey, we're Stone IPA, we're drinking cans, we're going to recycle these. Almost like, hey, Coca-Cola, you guys produced a billion bottles. You only got back 300 million. Bingo. Here's your payment. Exactly. 700, 700 million of them, you have to pay 10 cents extra on. I see where you're at. Right? And so they're going to be like this. Okay, at a certain point, there's a breaking point. If they only get 100 million back, glass bottles. You know, it's really funny. So in short, what you're doing is you're cutting out the middleman. Yes. You're, you're trying to cut out the middleman. Obviously, we would need the government to enforce this. Yeah. We would need the government to levy the tax and all that stuff. We need a tally guy. Yeah. But in the government, that's four tally guys. <laughs> You, you need one, they're going to give you four. 100%. But, um, anyways, I think we're saying our, our ideas are, are very similar. I just think we're talking about, you know, moving money either in a straight line or my way of, you know, of course, you know, incorporating Uncle Sam a little bit more directly. What's the shortest distance always? Uh, it's usually with a couple of rights. Straight line. Yeah. So I'm, try, I'm trying to do your thing, but with yeah. a straight line. It, it sounds a little bit more complicated because it probably is, to be honest, from a, from a logistic standpoint. But... I think at some point the company's gonna say, hey, you know what? Coca-Cola will be like this, guys, it's too expensive. Not enough of our customers are responsible enough to throw our stuff into the recycle bin or in our you know, Coca-Cola bins. We're going to glass. We're going to glass. 
So it, it'll force them to move to a different product, which I think is good. That's my first crazy idea. Okay. Uh, uh, what Next you got one. for me too? <clears throat> I was thinking deposits. So I, I think you might already have an idea here, but I was thinking, why did we ever get off the whole milk glass jar deposit system that was probably in America for 50 plus years where the milkman would drop off the glass bottles for five bucks you would pay $3 for the milk and $2 for a deposit on the six bottles of milk. And then a week later, you would essentially do the same thing as long as you gave them six bottles of milk. Right now, we kind of do this. I don't know if every state has this, but in our state, we have a, a milk producer that provides a gallon of milk in a glass jar. And you essentially pay a little extra money for that with the acknowledgement that you're going to give back that glass jar in a week when you go back there. And I'm just wondering, okay, guys, you're required to charge a deposit fee for this bottle, whether it's plastic, glass, can, whatever, and you need to be responsible for the reuse of that or the disposal of that in a proper manner, and here's the fee, or, or you can charge whatever fee you want to justify you know, you getting that bottle back, and if you don't get it back, then the consumer kind of loses out. And from a consumer standpoint, that fee just needs to be the amount where you'd bring it back. What do you think about that? That feels pretty good to me because I, if that fee's large enough, I'm bringing it back. You know, what I think it... I, so I like it. I do. I, I, my official stance is I like it. I can only assume is the the big milk manufacturers, right? You know, not just, you know, the local Arizona ones that you were talking about earlier, but I can only assume it was the economies of scale were being realized by them being able to streamline the distribution model. Or the distribution with, with plastic. Well, with plastic, but then also with the grocery store option. Oh, yeah. They don't right? have to worry about they that. They don't have to dick with the logistics. They don't have to worry about milkman calling in sick. They don't have to worry about all these other factors or breakage, right? Let's mm -hmm. say the milkman, God forbid, gets in a crash. Okay, well, that's 300 bottles. Yeah. Right? So... I understand why they did it, and I and I get where your head's at as far as, you know, can hey, can we go back there? In short, I think we can, but I think it's going to take a couple elements from either either my idea or your idea as far as there has to there has to be a nationwide understanding. Hey, stuff's going to cost more, but this is why it's costing more. It almost needs to be a marketing campaign, a very educationally thought leadership type. This is what we're doing, not just for us, but for our children's children. And it can't be politicized. 100%, it has to be very factual based. 100%. Okay. If it's politicized, it, it'll, it's dead in the water. I like it. Those are my two crazy ideas. Both of them, some... I don't think they're that crazy, yeah. Here is my perfect idea in my point of view. We need to raise the cost of your garbage can and your recycle bin and have actual costs there that matter to most Americans. So right now when your, your garbage track man shows up and your recycle bin shows up, do you even know how much that cost? Nope. Couldn't tell you. My life depended on it. Okay. That's because it's a fee that is nominal bucks, right? to you. It's like 25 bucks. Exactly. Yeah. It's nominal. To majority of Americans, their trash disposal costs are pretty nominal. That right there makes it not fixable, I feel like. Like there's not enough money at play for people to actually be responsible. 
So that's why we have people that don't know that certain plastics are not recyclable. So you're adding cost to the recycle system because they're like, I don't really care if it's recyclable. I'm not going to do enough work because it's only 25 bucks. They'll figure it out. So guess what? It's $100. Ooh, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And guess what? If I put the wrong stuff in that recycle bin, is there any penalty? Right now, no. You get a little sign. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little staple. I think that's the easiest, fastest way for there to be more money in the system for America to take responsibility for it. So guess what, guys? You know what? Now Now recycling this type of plastic is able to be done here in America. We don't have to ship it off to China or Malaysia or wherever because people are actually paying for this. I think that trash disposal needs to increase a little bit. I think we're right now kind of getting it as almost a gimme thing and people expect it to be a a cheap cost. (sighs) Now what happens when it goes up in price and I'm a, so I have two garbage cans. I have two black trash cans and one blue. Now I only put my second one on the garbage can probably once every two months. And that's whenever I'm doing like construction projects around the house. That's why I have it. But for people that, and, and actually they should probably be, you probably should be almost charged per per weight. If we could do that, that'd be even better. That's pretty logistically hard to do, right? Because the garbage truck would actually had to, you know, type in your address, you know, weigh your container as it goes up and down. And then that'd be allocated to your, they do this when you go to the dump. Right, they weigh your container. It's not impossible, but it is logistically a little bit harder. And why I like that is because it now makes you as a a buyer of goods more responsible for what you're putting in your trash can. Hey, why do we keep on wasting so much stuff? I told you last week in our episode, I waste a lot of fruits and vegetables. Well, my garbage can, that's a third of the weight. If I could reduce that in half, I'm saving maybe five, 10 bucks a week. So I think the cost needs to be more representative of what I'm throwing away. What do you think about that idea? That's actually probably my favorite idea because now you're putting the responsibility and it's almost addressing an earlier episode with this whole, you know, overconsumption of goods. Yeah. Why are you guys doing it? Now, the problem I could easily see people doing in the middle of the night, throwing their garbage and their neighbors can. Yeah, but... That's probably like, that's an outlier event. I know. But you know how pissed I'd be if that happened to me? Yeah, but that's an outlier event. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, Actually, overall, man, I like that both in theory and I think in practice. I could. Would you be willing to pay, let's say it's 20% more for your landfill costs? Would you be, like, you didn't even know what it was. So let's say it's $25 right now. You're paying $30 now. And what I get for that $30 is. None of this whole shipping stuff off to China. We're more responsible. Our recycling program's better, right? All day long, twice on Sundays. Right? Pay a little bit more. And then the second cool thing you get for this is that what if that $30 is $30 right now, but if you change your buying habits based on packaging to now, maybe it can go down to $20. So let's say I don't throw anything away. Well, why am I even paying for it? Even if I have one bag of trash in my garbage can, which is good. I can wait a couple weeks for that. Well, no, even if they take it. Even if they take it, it's based on weight or based on how much garbage or volume or whatever. Well, guess what? I'm only paying $20, so I could actually save money if I'm somebody that wants to be conscious about this. So it, it, it allows for, hey, you know what? If you're going to be conscious about this, we're going to you know reward you. And if you're not going to be conscious about this, we're going to penalize you. 
I like that the best. I do too. Right? It's a fantastic idea. I don't, no rebuttal, no, no poking holes. Okay. I think it's a fine argument. <sighs> the only challenge with it is logistically having those garbage trucks being able to weigh your goods. You know, I, I don't think that's that hard. Because all I'm, I'm assuming is just track it by the GPS, right? And then boom, the scale when it was activated in front of what house? Yeah, I, I don't, just don't, I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know if those machi- those garbage trucks have a scale. You know, that's what I'm saying. I don't but think that's big of a lift. Like it doesn't seem that difficult, right? I know. I don't. I don't think it is either. I think if I think, I, I mean, th- hell, they literally have on trucks nowadays. You know, for consumer grade trucks, they literally have the the towing scale. Like, hey, you're you're exceeding a yeah. thousand pounds. You mean to tell me we can't have that on a garbage truck? Yeah, for the little like the the because all you need to do is, is measure. No, 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 you just need to measure the incremental delta whenever it dumps into your bucket. Okay, it increased fifty pounds. Yeah, right. So yeah. I don't think it's that. Yeah. I maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but that doesn't seem that big of an ask or that big of a lift yeah. for that big of a benefit. It started at it it well. It started at a hundred pounds, and when it went back down to the ground, it was fifty pounds. Yeah, so delta, the delta 50, is pounds. fifty pounds. Thirty. You just got charged for fifty pounds. Okay. Man, and even easier is each garbage can could have like a little uh, like a barcode on it or or something that could be readable. That's probably a little more difficult, of course, because then that could get wiped off. But I, I I think that would be the way to go. So, guys, we are out of time. Um, hopefully, you really enjoyed this uh, episode with us. We did enjoy it, that's yeah. for sure, because a lot more than I thought I was. Whenever I read the topic, I'm like. <sighs> recycling i don't give a shit hopefully you guys learned something really cool here hopefully you guys care about maybe doing recycling the right way not just putting it in the blue can because if you learn anything today it does not actually get recycled majority of the time see you guys thank you